Is that Crab Man from My Name is Earl? I do not know who that is. Okay. All right. Man, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Donald, way to go. Way to take that hit to make a play. Jimmy's been in that position before as a defenseman in the NHL. Not all the marks are covered by the uniform, as you saw with both of those men. Walked on now. Stall a shot. Friday, March 8th. I am Bruce Pataglia of Puck77.com. And uh, <clears throat> I am James Cole, not of the Blues Fest. What? I applied to the Blues Fest, didn't get it. Rattled. What do you mean? To, to perform. To perform. Oh, I was going to say, like, we are, we are, we are part of the Blues Fest. Oh, Just not, yes, for sure. Not, yeah, you're not going to be playing. No. No, apparently not, because it's uh, it's March eighth, and I haven't heard from the Blues Fest yet. Well, maybe so. they're still booking the opening acts. They're taking care of the big fish, and then they'll worry about your five o'clocks and your one o'clocks later. Okay, all right, maybe I'm still in the books. Let's go, book it, crank me up. If Bob Halverson of Thunder Bay Community Auditorium is listening to the podcast, please accept James's uh, resume. No, we're actually we're going to talk about the Blues Fest in a minute because it's getting to be time to, you know, dream. Get your tickets to the show. Mm. Probably about a week away, there's going to be uh, uh, an announcement we're expecting. It's usually the second or third week of March. I was going to say, it is a little bizarre recording today, because we're, we're recording in the same place we always do, but we're sitting on opposite sides that we normally do. Yeah, I... Uh... So it might be a little backwards this week. Uh, James will be funny and charming, and I might be quiet. I am now the... The lead host. Yep. Yes. You, right. You'll. We'll talk about what I want to talk about sure. for a change. Sure. The floor. The floor is. Do you want to host this episode? No. Not at all. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I was, was going to say that'd be fun, maybe, but okay. Nah. Nope. Fuck it. Nope. All right. Well, that's about enough, I guess. What'd you do this week? Wrote papers. Worked. Ooh. That's about it. What? Uh, what was that thing you were reading? I Roberta Familia. Rigoberta Manchu. Rigoberta Man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Man Mendez, Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, well, apparently, I see. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not making fun. I actually just am genuinely not familiar, which is awesome because I'm fair. an English major. Yeah, so I don't really know. So she won the Nobel Peace Prize for Literature. Yes, for this book. Yes, for that book. What is the book about? It's like an autobiography. It is an autobiography That's... about uh, her struggles uh, growing up in uh, Guatemala during the Guatemalan oh, Civil okay. War. Yeah, I was gonna say like most autobiographies are not Nobel Peace Prize winning. Yeah, no, it's kind of hard to write a real good story about yourself. I made up, I got up and made some eggs. Pretty you know? much, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made eggs in the early morning, only to find my entire family dead in the kitchen. 
I awoke several hours later in a daze. <laughs> um, okay, well, you wrote a paper on that, so how did, how did it turn out, do you figure? I think it went pretty well. We, um, we had a little class discussion, and uh, uh, he, uh, he asked some questions and critiqued some papers, and uh, I felt pretty good about the answers I was giving and the, 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 the feedback I was getting, and uh, I, I, I worry about perhaps the length of the paper, but, uh, you know, I think I hit all the points, and that's yeah, what matters. You were saying that in the syllabus, there was no recommended length of this paper. None. Absent. So, you did how long? Uh, just, uh, I got about halfway through page 7. It's worth how much of your mark? 25%. And what year class is this? A fourth. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. For a book review, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, comparing two books. Yeah, it wasn't like a research kind of paper or anything. No, like, so. I'm sure you could write a whole thesis about it if you really went into it, but, like, exactly. you know, a 25% or in a fourth year class. Yeah. It's pretty fair. We get the opportunity to resubmit it if uh, he reads it and oh. decides there's some things he'd like us to change. And well, there you go. You can just whip out the thes- thesaurus. Yeah. It was pretty much just change a bunch of hand words. something in, and then you can uh, hand it in again later. And I was like, all right, I'll just kick this can down the road. Why am I even going to hand it in the first yeah, time? Yeah. yeah. Well, if, uh, if anyone out there is a prof- uh, university professor and has any hard opinions on how long James should have made his paper, please let us know. Uh, Blues Fest. Here we go. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about Thunder Bay Blues Fest coming uh, out of the bullpen. We, we are uh, we volunteer every year as drink people. I guess there's no real way we 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 fill the bins with alcohol. So you know when you get drunk at night, we've we've filled those bins. We're the reason you get drunk, and then we bring the bins out, and they're heavy, and you know you very easy to pull a muscle doing it, but you're fine. Yeah, I mean. Uh, a steady access to alcohol. It's uh, it's pretty go 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 because uh, Thunder Bay likes to drink, so we're always on the move. But it's always a good time. It's going to be interesting this year because you now officially work for uh, one of the people, True. I guess, who yeah. puts on the volunteers. So like most years, you just sign up and you're like, I'm going to work and I'm going to have a good time. And yep. this year, like you have to volunteer. Well, there's it's no choice be, this year now. It's gonna be interesting because, from what I know, um, like you volunteer, but you don't necessarily get the weekend off because, mm-hmm. like, the restaurant's still open. So if the whole staff is volunteering at Blues Fest, like you got to go work the afternoon, then sometimes you got to go back and work the bar shift at night. So I'm a little worried about getting, you know, to see some of the bands this year, but yeah. Well, and there's going to be some great bands, because uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go with through our, our, I guess, how deep did you go in your predictions? We're going to predict the lineup, and we got the we got to each... Lineup. Oh, no. Oh, uh, like, I, I, I mean... Well, I mean, what, we'll, what we can do is headliners. We got, like, five acts, maybe. And then just speculate some other artists sure. that'll be sprinkled in. Sure. So, um... My my predictive headliners. Well, let's go with yours first. You you predict. What are the headliners this year? Well, I think we need to get something out of the way first okay. off here. Is that there's been a lot of discussion about Brian Adams being on the bill this year. So, with that being said, I, I think it's safe to assume we both have Brian Adams on our list as a headliner. I don't know. We'll have to see when I get to that. All right. So I have Brian Adams as a potential headliner. Interesting on, uh, decision. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, What's uh, what. What night is Brian Adams playing? You know what? Uh, Brian Adams feels like a Sunday night kind of guy. He's He's got some... Really? Yeah, he's got some lighter tunes Brian, that just nah, put you to sleep yeah, at the end of the weekend. It's nothing too not heavy. A, not, not 
that light, though. No? I don't know, man. I feel like Friday night is when Kids Wanna Rock should fucking just come out and start pumping the stage, you know? I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. Well, it depends who your other acts are, too. That's true. Because maybe he is the lightest of the three. Yeah, that's true. Well, he's probably the lightest, because he's a little guy. Is he a little guy? (laughs) Pretty sure he's like 5'6". Really? Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. Never knew that. I can't see him being like 6'2". You're telling me Nick Patan is taller than Brian Adams? I'm thinking so. Wow. Nick Patan's taller than Colin James. Colin James, little guy. That's fair. Yeah. Alright, well, that's wild. Um... I also, I think this is the year we see a return from uh, from our old buddy, Tom Cochran. Nice. Feels, I've been uh, kind of wondering about that. This feels like a Tommy Cox kind of year, you know. <laughs> Get the Cox out, go for a walk kind of night. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the old saying, get your Cox out, go for a walk. You know the saying. This is going to be a weird one, and I, I, I think you'll probably disagree with me on this one, but for my third headliner... I feel like they're trying to get a little bit more youth going, but at the same time, they know they can't get the hottest of the hot, necessarily. BB Rexa. <laughs> yeah. BB Rexa. Dua, you got it. Dua Lipa. I, I, this might be wishful thinking, but I'd, I'd really think that the Friday night, the tea party could really, really? take that place uh, for a spin. You know, marijuana's legal now, you know? Okay, we'll all okay. just get really high for the tea party and Okay, so... But I have an interesting question for you okay. on, on this theory. Right. So, one of the other rumors that we've heard is that if Brian Adams is coming, he might be one of the... He might be the smallest named headliner. That is true. Yeah. The Tea Party are no Brian Adams, for sure. Yeah, in terms fair. of fame. It's that's not fair. even close, yeah. actually. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I could see the Tea Party coming, but they're like an 8.30 band. Maybe. I don't think they're a quarter to ten. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I just don't see. Interesting. Who, I don't. I don't see. Who I might they, hop on the Tea Party train, but not as a headliner. I don't know who they get that's bigger than Brian Adams. Honestly, like maybe, mm-hmm. like maybe Alanis Morissette. Oh well, that's someone well, that I well, was kind of well, thinking let, about. Let me get into my headliners, and then oh, we'll. Uh, all right. And then I'll we'll speculate into other bands. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. Here's I'm gonna set the table for you. I like a table. Okay. We got to start off the Friday night. We got to get everybody going. Up Everybody's got to be dancing. We got to have asses some, out of the seats. We got to have some classics. Now you're just dreaming now. You know what I mean? We got to. We got to. It's got to be reminiscent of good times, the great times. It was the best of times. It was the better of times. And so, good time, long time. No, no artist says good times quite like Leonard Kravitz. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's to get people started. Oh. yeah. No, this this is the headline. Oh no, but I mean, set okay. the tone for the weekend because the oh, Friday the night, weekend. the Sorry. Friday, the Friday night has to be great, I right? You're talking about like seven o'clock no, on Friday, Leonard Kravitz. No. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> and and then Big Sugar. It's like what? <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't they go first? Yeah. No, I think I think Lenny Kravitz. Legitimately, I think that I think this festival has made enough money. Lenny Kravitz is not enough money. I mean, like enough to like now book Lenny Kravitz. Um, I think Lenny Kravitz is going to be doing a tour this summer because he just put an out put out an album last year. He did some touring, not a ton. Uh, I think it's a real possibility, and I, I I I like your Tea Party suggestion. I'm not expecting a lot of people to agree with me, and I'm willing to admit that of my three guesses, it might be my long shot. But I think the other two make more sense. All right. Uh, Saturday night, Brian Adams. Okay. All right. Saw that coming. In the heat of the night. All right. Sunday night. Okay. 
we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit ironic, a little bit of a, a, almost you know ingested jagged little pill. It's gonna be Alanis Morissette. Can you end with Alanis Morissette on a Sunday? I think so. Really? I mean, there have been years before where maybe I've gone into the Sunday and I'm like, ah, I don't know about that being the the right headline act. I think Alanis Morissette is the type of of artist where everyone's gonna stay, everyone will be excited, but everyone will go home and go to bed and then go to work the next morning kind of thing so you know to me she's she's so much like she's just a little ball of energy you know what i mean like it's just okay. she's almost punky okay so i don't know if that's so more of the want. saturday night in yeah. my scenario okay yeah. put her on right before brian adams maybe now i i, I okay uh, you know what i'm willing to agree with you there i'll, I'll go alanis morissette saturday night and brian adams sunday night I'm, I'm willing to do that okay uh one thing i did consider with brian adams and i think i think it's going to be a year we're going to have four big names because it happens most of the last few years where there's always the one night there's someone playing before the other artists where it's like they yeah. could headline their own night yeah and i do sort of think my guess i think we might get like blue rodeo before brian adams hmm which is also big. I understand that's a big name as well. But yeah, I, I mean, think, I think Blue Rodeo. I'm not really a fan, but I'm down. Whatever. Yeah, sure. They're they're not my favorite, but I'm. I'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, and the Tea Party. I guess I'll hop on that train. So I got like five in mind. Now you know my obvious wish list. You know, obviously Lenny Kravitz is there. Um, I'd obviously like to see Amanda Marshall again. Sure. But you know, I'd go for some Colin James, but he's he was here like this week. Yeah. Tom Cochran, you know, again. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Harlequin? It's been a while since I've seen Harlequin. See, I could see that. Like, Harlequin is an easy guess any year. Yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah. Uh, Eventually you're going to Har- get it right. Harlequin. If Harlequin is not playing Blues Fest, they're probably here the next weekend for, like, the Boat, the rock the boat Festival or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Boat the Festival boat and festival. Harlequin. Oh, I told that asshole to put Harlequin first. Yeah, pretty much. Um, last year we got the Arkells, injected a little bit of youth into the into the stadium. I think I think maybe the the organizers saw that because I've never seen such a young crowd at Blues Fest as I did when you know the Arkells were there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they try to replicate that this year with with another I youthful mean, act like maybe maybe perhaps the Glorious Sons? Well, along those lines. See, I think the problem is now is because in the last year, you know, music happens. Name values happen. I think the Glorious Sons are at the headline, the festival level now. You made that argument about the Arkells last summer, though. Um, They were close. I think they fit in at the 530. But I think the Glorious Sons has a much larger, larger, older fan base than the Arkells do. I, I don't know anyone over 35 that knows who the Arkells are. Whereas, like, the Glorious Sons have that classic sort of bluesy, you know. Sure. Bluesy. Bluesy. Yeah, and it is a blues festival. Getting bluesy at the blues fest. You know who I could go for, too, is Kenny Wayne Shepherd, But I don't think that'll happen. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get the guitars going. We need some more good guitarists, you know? We need someone just sick. Joe Satriani. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, not sure we're going to be seeing anything from Mr. Satriani, but... No. Uh, that, wouldn't, that almost wouldn't fit. Yeah, no. You know, yeah, like it, really it, it would be great, but it's it's not a fit. What about uh, Van Halen? <laughs> I'm going to guess not. <laughs> what about uh, Greta Van Fleet and the Van Fleet family wow. singers? Honestly, like that would be unreal, but like it, I 
I don't see how that Are happens. Are they a headline, do you think? They, they probably aren't, but they're at a point currently where their camp probably thinks they are. You know what I mean? Like, their camp's probably going, who the fuck is Alanis Morissette? Or Blue Rodeo, because they're, like, they're not in, interested in the Canadian music history. I would imagine everyone in the world is pretty familiar with Alanis Morissette. Blue Rodeo, I'm willing to, to concede that one if you want, but... Yeah, but, like, the relevance of Alanis Morissette, perhaps. I mean, she hasn't put out an album in a long time, but right. she's still Alanis Morissette. I get that. She's, like, she's bigger than, like, Shania Twain. Is she? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh Alanis Morissette gets referenced in, like, tons of movies, and, like, she's, like, a, well, yeah, a she, pop culture. Because she had that one album. But it's one of the greatest albums of all time. Sure. Shania Twain doesn't have one of the greatest albums of all time. No, she got one of the greatest careers of all time. Eh. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. She's got a lot more to do, I think. She's she's a number one artist. She's great. Fuck, maybe Shania Twain's coming. Hey. Hey. Not a bad idea. All right. So, uh, James, you're going with... The Tea Party, Brian Adams, and who? Uh, who was the other Tommy one? Cox. Tom, Get Tom, you Cox. Tom Cochran, with or without Red Rider? Ooh, without. Okay. Without. Okay. Uh, I'm in for that. I mean, regardless, I'm down for either one. And I'm going with uh, Lenny Kravitz, Brian Adams, and Alanis Morissette. Not necessarily in that order. I love it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm in for a good weekend. Let's talk some hockey uh, off the top of the show. We should redress... Uh, Redress. We should address uh, the passing of hockey legend Ted Lindsay this week. James, you're the hockey historian more so Ooh. of the two of us. Do you want to uh, maybe talk a little bit about Mr. Lindsay? Well, you know, he's he's one of those figures that uh, changed the game. I don't think there's anyone that can argue that. Um, maybe not on the ice. Definitely off of it. We have a professional players association uh, because of Ted Lindsay, who... Uh, Risked a lot, risked a lot of a lot of things back in the day when he uh, when he formed the union. Um, he got traded out of Detroit as a result because they didn't want to, you know, deal with this character causing trouble in the dressing room, stirring up unions. Uh, gets traded to the last place team after spending his entire career with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he captained the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he won four Stanley Cups with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, and I mean, I think it speaks volumes to his legacy too that we've got an award today uh named in his honor uh given out to the the player that their peers feel is the best in the game and i think if you ask a lot of hockey players uh if they'd rather win a heart trophy or a ted Lindsay award i think a lot of them are going to ted Lindsay because i think there's there's a respect value there in 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 your brethren saying hey you know what you're the best hockey player in the league right now and we we feel this, and this is this is where we decide. Instead of you know some writers coming out and deciding, yeah, this guy was the MVP. So Ted Lindsay, uh, just one of those guys. He's uh, a legend of the game, and he'll be uh, dearly missed. Uh, of uh, one thousand sixty-eight career games, he had eight hundred and fifty-one points. 1,808 penalty minutes, it's probably worth noting he, for those kids who might not be too familiar with Ted Lindsay's body of work, uh, basically imagine that Brendan Shanahan, Brendan Shanahan won four Stanley Cups as the captain of the Red Wings, and formed the Union, basically. Yeah. He's just Brendan Shanahan of his day, pretty much, right. and, uh, 
a, a gracious human being on and off the ice and obviously yeah contributed a ton to the game so mm-hmm. yeah ted Lindsay passing at the age of uh of 93 which if if i get to 93 i'll i'll be pretty pretty blessed i would have to say checking so. out yeah oh i'm checked out already um speaking of checking out i was pretty checked out of the carolina hurricane storm surge and they've since brought me back in since Evander Holyfield knocked out Jordan Martinuk at center ice in what was maybe my favorite moment of the hockey season. It was, uh... For those of you who didn't see, Evander Holyfield knocked out Jordan Martinuk at center ice in the Carolina Hurricanes post-game win celebration last Saturday, I think it was. Sure. It's awesome. Okay. Awesome. Do we have, uh... Do we have any predictions on future guest appearances, uh... See, that... That is, like... You know who lives in Carolina? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. You don't know anyone that lives in Carolina. You know who lives in Carolina and is well documented, having been keeps a pretty big presence in Carolina, is Bill Murray. And I'm hoping it wouldn't be hard to convince him to do anything. So I'm hoping they come up with a good idea, and Bill Murray will obviously take it ten times further. But uh, I would love to see Bill Murray get involved. That'd be that'd be pretty good. I mean, like I don't know if he was ever a hockey guy or if he was maybe he had a team before the hurricanes existed but yeah if he's a, if he's a local resident and easy to get a hold of then sure they should make like uh like little um go-karts and and post like numbers and sponsors on the side and do it like a nascar race and, and race around the rink okay get justin williams in a fucking go-kart racing against jordan martinuk taking the corners you know crashing into justin falk he's out for six weeks now exactly yeah that you sounds know? like a great idea lowe's motor speedway yeah charlotte carolina yeah big big nascar fans down in in charlotte charlotte yeah charlotte <laughs> wilder yeah i don't know I, I thought it was great i don't know about you like i i've I, I we talked about it on the show and i like again i should reiterate like i don't really care that these storm surges exist they don't do it for my benefit they do it for other fans that aren't me I don't hate them. I don't really care. Like, you know, it's it's fun to see, but, like, I wouldn't miss it if they stopped doing it, I don't think. This was fantastic, though. I saw that, and I died laughing. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Are you souring on the storm surge now? I'm curious how many ideas they could possibly have left. Oh, their, there's got to be so many. Really? No? You could just act out, like, scenes from a movie or something now, you know? Bring up the guys from Tropic Thunder and do like a like a reunion for the kids, right? Yeah, yeah. for the kids. Right. Well, I mean, you yeah. know, they yeah. could for the kids will do a fucking Lion King or something. All right. What's a what, what kind of movie do kids like? Frozen, because the ice is frozen, and therefore will act out Frozen. Yeah. Sure. Whoever's the healthy scratch can come out in like a fairy uniform. A fairy uniform. I don't know. What are they? Fairies? Have you seen Frozen? Princess? No, I've never okay. seen that. Well, maybe you shouldn't be commenting on Frozen. Though. We should do top ten movies we've never seen. <laughs> How? Well, it's just because I, I mean, I think this film is probably pretty good. Well, no, but just like movie, like I'm sure people would be surprised to know that you haven't seen certain movies. You know? Okay. Well, That's what's fair. a what's a big name movie you've never seen? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. Pro- oh, there's definitely a lot. I just, I'm, I'm kind of having a moment here. You ever seen The Green Mile? I have. I thought I could, I've always, I was hoping I could just pick a corner. <laughs> like, just snap a corner there. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I haven't seen. Yeah. Apparently Frozen. I haven't seen Frozen. Yeah, well. 
Not missing much. I don't know if I ever saw the uh, the Jamie Foxx, Ray Charles movie. I don't think I ever sat down and Ray. watched that. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> nice. Can you confirm? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, Evander Holyfield. I don't know. I'm just, I'm surprised you didn't like it. I feel like that was like a, I thought that was great. Like, I thought it was brilliant. It was okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, he was out there, looked like it was going to fall on his ass half the time, and then just, I don't know what the payoff well, he, was. he's not a hockey player, James. Well, no. He's probably hasn't walked on ice I very just, many I times I don't know. Like, there's life. this whole thing about, like, we're trying to get fighting out of the game, and then they bring this fighter guy out, and he throws a punch, and it's, uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, there are people trying to get fighting out of the game. I don't think it's, like, actively everyone, and I feel like the Hurricanes are willing to harness the fact that, ho- like, that's part of hockey, especially given their owner. Like, I, I would have to imagine Tom Dundon has had some sort of a hand in this happening. Like, it's not like... It wouldn't be happening if Tom Dundon didn't like it, right? So... Yeah. I'd like to know how much they paid Evander Holyfield to do that. That'd be, I'd, I'd be curious. Who do you think made more money for that? Jordan Martinuk or Evander Holyfield? <laughs> Holyfield. <laughs> okay. The Ottawa Senators relieved Guy Boucher as head coach this week, uh, ending what was a three-year stint? Something Three? like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's not even worth looking up. He joins a long line of coaching history over the last ten years in Ottawa. Hmm. Uh, well, that let, let's 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 have a nice little exercise here. If you're going to ask me how many of the Ottawa Senators coaches I can name in the last ten years, the answer is like two. Well, that's what we're doing, James. Oh Christ! All right. Since two thousand and now, you know what? Let's 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 see how many we can name all time. Jesus. <laughs> the Ottawa Senators have had 15 different head coaches all time. Uh, 14, not including not including Mark Crawford. Okay. Can you name, or how many can you name? Uh, Brian Murray. Okay. Twice. Paul, yeah. Paul McLean. Yep. Uh, Mark Crawford. Yeah. Guy, or, um, Guy Boucher. Almost forgets his name. <laughs> He's the easy one. <laughs> He's the easiest one. Um, didn't they have Jacques Martin at one point? Uh, Jacques Martin is the all-time leader in games coach for the Ottawa Senators, uh, coaching almost 690 of them. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? Um, they had Buddy there in the 90s for like three games, and they fired his ass like right after. It was like they had three coaches in the season, and I can't remember the guy's name now, but... Jesus. Uh, they didn't fire him for what it's worth, but... Who? Uh, you're talking about the 2002 season? I thought it was the 90s. Roger Nielsen coached uh, no, not Roger three Nielsen. games? Okay. No. Didn't coach more than two did, games. Um, buddy, uh, buddy Miracle on Ice, did he coach the Sens? Uh, Herb Brooks? That's the one. No. No? Okay. That would be a pretty good get for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Herb wasn't really doing much in the NHL. No, neither was Ottawa. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's all I got. Okay. Um, in order, of, in orders that you miss them, uh, Rick Bowness was the first coach in the history of the Ottawa Senators. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to go through everyone's statistics, but it is worth noting that in 235 games, Rick Bowness won 20 percent of the games. It's better than I thought. Yeah, that's, with not, you. that's not horrible. I guess uh, he was followed by Dave Allison who coached for 25 games and won two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacques Martin, Roger Nielsen for two games. Jacques Martin again. Um, Brian Murray, John Paddock, Brian Murray, Craig Hartsburg, Corey Clouston, 
Paul McLean, Dave Cameron, Guy Boucher, and Mark Crawford. That's great. I couldn't believe this week they were talking about how, and I mean, a lot of this has to do with the owner. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. And there was a story this week on Hockey Central that Doug McLean was telling. And I'm not a big Doug McLean, but he does have his purposes every once in a while. And Doug McLean was talking about, because he was really good friends with Brian Murray. He was one of Brian Murray's dearest friends. And uh, about a story that during a playoff game, during Paul McLean's tenure, that Eugene Melnick went down to the locker room to try and get Brian Murray, who was outside of the room, to fire Paul McLean. And Brian Murray wouldn't fire Paul McLean. It's one example of just <clears throat> just an odd owner, yeah, to say the least. And the guy that was basically the uh, the downfall of the Ottawa Senators, and ironically, he's one of the only reasons that they exist. But it's fucking embarrassing, man. Like, it's brutal that Guy Boucher gets fired at all. But if they want to do it in the offseason, I think it's fine. Whatever. That's their decision, and I'm sure they have a reason. To fire him less than 24 hours after saying that you were going to make the decision in the offseason is kind of bizarre. And I mean, whether you want to fault Dorian or Melnick or both... Or neither, but you got to fault one of them, I think. It's kind of an odd thing. I think, I think part of it was on Guy Boucher. Like, I, I think if I'm the head coach and I see my boss make that statement about, we'll make this decision in the offseason, I'm going to the office the next day and saying, hey, if you're firing me this summer, just fire me now. I'm not, like, I don't, don't make me wait. Let me have an opportunity to maybe find another opportunity in April and March or April and May with another team that maybe has a vacancy because because why 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 would I want to wait? No, I agree, I agree with you, but you're missing a point with your suggestion though, where the story at at least at this point is not that Guy Boucher resigned, and so I think that if Guy Boucher resigned, the story would be or will be or should be Guy Boucher resigned. I don't and think he resigned though. But you're kind of saying that, right? No, like I'm you're, saying... If you're going to fire me, fire me now. And that's like mutually parting ways, I think. Like, I think Guy Boucher deserves some credit there if that's what happened. You know? Yeah, Because it was going to be one of those things, if they were going to say, no, we're going to fire you in the offseason, is Guy Boucher going to be like, all right, I'll go back to work, then puts on his hat like Grandpa Simpson and walks back out the door? Like, no, he, he's going to say, well, then I'm, I'm out of here. Like, if you're going to fire me in two months, what's two months? Right. It's two months of pay, I guess, but... Yeah, I don't know. I see it kind of similar to, uh... Alright, fuck, I forgot the guy's name now. John Paddock? No. <laughs> Corey Clouston? No. Rick Bonus? Yeah. Shit. Roger Nielsen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's a... I think it's a bizarre decision, although I'm not saying it's completely the wrong decision, because I get... I get that it's not working. Yeah. But, like, it's a bizarre decision to me. I think it helps that they have Mark Crawford there. Because I'm not saying Mark Crawford's necessarily going to be the best replacement. I, I think Mark Crawford has some better tricks up his sleeve, I guess, than Guy Boucher. Like, I think Mark Crawford might be a bit more of a well-rounded coach than Guy Boucher, where Guy Boucher's really good at certain things and not very good at all at other things. Mark Crawford, I think, is at least a coach that 
he's got experience in the league, but I, I think he also kind of knows how to to motivate younger players while also sort of talking to them in a respectable manner. I think that there's a lot to be said for Mark Crawford's experience in the league, and I, I'm not saying that he's at the quality anymore where he knows the game among or better than 30 other guys in the league, but um, I, I think they're lucky that they have Mark Crawford, and I don't think the move gets made without Mark Crawford on the bench. I don't think Mark Crawford's there in uh, October. Oh, no, I don't think so oh, okay. either. But I I, th- I still think that... I don't think they could have fired Mark Crawford... Or, sorry, uh, Guy Boucher, if Mark Crawford weren't there. Because who's taking over the team? Marty Marty Ramond? Does, does it matter? Uber, Uber guy? Does it matter? I mean, but why make the move at all, then? If you're going to replace him with some idiot. That's why I with think some idiot. this has something to do with Guy Boucher saying, do it now or don't do it at all kind of thing. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do think it is a bar, bizarre decision. I don't agree with it, but, uh, you know, do, do whatever you want. They're definitely terrible. So <laughs> there's not there's not really any way around that. Yeah. I don't know who could coach them into respectability no. at this point. Like, the roster is unlike anything we've seen in quite a while. Yeah. But no, it's, what are you going to do? There, there's no right answer. I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer as a result of that. They're going to do whatever they think is best. Uh, good luck to them. Uh I, I hope this team is relevant again in the near future. Okay. Speaking of teams that we have high hopes for, the Arizona Coyotes are in the news. Have you heard about this? Der- oh, yeah. Derek Stepan of the Arizona Coyotes is out four to six weeks with... What happened? Broke his... Dick? No. No? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to imagine that that's not what happened to him. I'll look it up, though. Derek Stepan. Uh, Derek Stepan, no news. Nice. That's how popular the Arizona Coyotes are, is I can type Derek Stepan into Google and no articles about his injury come up. I have to specify injury, and it's going to lead me to an injury report. There's no articles written about it. Uh, Stepan, uh, it's a lower body injury. Of course it is. Okay. Dick. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, could it be one of those things where, like, uh... With the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, instead of saying Panarin had, like, he was shitting Shits. his guts out, they yeah. could have said it was a lower body injury and they wouldn't have been day wrong. to day. Yeah. Maybe it's four to six weeks, Stepan's got the, got the diverticulitis. Sure. Hopefully not. No, I hope not. That's kind of serious. I mean, th- this is kind of incredible. I-, I don't really remember the last time I've seen a team this bothered by injuries, and I've seen teams bothered by injuries, but what's so fascinating about the Arizona Coyotes... No offense to them. They don't have a ton of depth. They've got enough depth. Like, they've got like NHL players playing on lower lines that just move up the lineup. But, like, they're not one of these teams where they have, like, the next fucking Jack Eichel waiting in the AHL and they can just call him up and he just takes over the team, like, two months earlier than planned. You know what I mean? A kid you were going to call up in, in next year. Like, they're calling up guys who are 24, 25 years old that were likely going to be career a- AHLers. Plug in the holes with these guys. It's fascinating. It's getting the job done. Remarkably. And you, you can't help but wonder where they are with a full lineup. Well, that's the thing. And, like, like I was going to say, like, I wasn't really sold on Antti Ranta when he got traded there. But a lot has happened in the past year. And I am willing to admit that Antti Ranta is a very good goaltender. I think Darcy Kemper's good. I think Darcy Kemper's underrated. He's fine. Darcy Kemper is no Auntie Ranta, and he's barely, barely a number one goaltender, uh, just based on what DailyFaceOff.com has him ranked at. But 
Like, it's just fascinating, man. Like, Nick Schmaltz was one of their best forwards when he went there. He played 17 games there and got hurt. Derek Stepan, obviously part of that big trade with Ranta to make this team better. He's out. Grabner's out. Jordan Osterley's out. Uh, Jason Demers just came back. I think maybe he's played one game, two games since he's been back. Like, this is a team who's been littered by injuries, and thank God that everyone on the blue line is healthy right now, for the most part, other than Osterley and Cababianco, because I don't know where they'd be at right now. Yeah, it's it's really tough, and I feel for them. It's a tough division they're in. Like, I don't, I don't think we can make the assumption that they'd, you know, be in the Vegas, San Jose, Calgary kind of realm if they had a, a full team, but I definitely think that they would have a healthy uh, wild card spot lockdown uh, with a full lineup over the whole season. Like they're look, they're, they're fighting for that that last spot. I, I don't think they're gonna make it. I really want them to, but I, I again like if if they have a whole whole season of their of their top guys, that first wild card spot isn't isn't even in contention. It's it's a it's a dog race for that second wild card spot, and I don't know. I I really wish that this team could could find a little stability and little bit of luck because i don't necessarily love arizona as a location for the team but they've had nothing but problems off the ice it would just be nice to see a little bit of success on the ice so anti ranta when he got hurt was expected to be out until the end of the regular season and they were hoping if they made the playoffs he'd be back for the first round i don't think they're in a situation right now where if they rush him back it's going to have anything to do with them making the playoffs much because Darcy Kemper's been playing good enough to get them through it. But if he's back for the first round, because there's a really good chance, like we said, Stepan is going to be out four to six weeks. So that takes you to the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And if they're playing, I, I dare dare I say it, but if they're playing Calgary with Ranta and Stepan coming back, and if Calgary has lingering problems from this stretch that they've been in lately. Like, I'm just saying, man, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility Arizona can make the playoffs and steal around. Because, like, even Nashville's had some problems. They've been great, but, like, their power play is the worst in the league. Winnipeg has had not great possession stats, and they're arguably winning games that they shouldn't be winning lately. It's just to me, like, if they get the help back, because, I mean, like, they're not getting Schmaltz back this year. That Like, he's the one guy. He's off the table. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Um, well, I mean, there was also the year Stamkos was, there was no waves coming back, and then all of a sudden he was taking the warm-ups for Game 7 in the conference final, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hello there, Steven Stamkos. And he played, like, 11 minutes because he's fucking on one leg. But... I don't know, man. Like, I, I still think, we talked about this last week, and basically on the podcast, it's just going to be until they're out, uh, we're going to find a way to talk about how much we love the Arizona Coyotes every week because uh, it's the team of the people, man. <laughs> the the people. I was born in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, the the team of the people, folks, uh, with 69 nice points. Ah, nice. Trying to chase down the Minnesota Wild. So, I mean, like, we weren't going to talk about it, but maybe we'll talk about the West Wildcard Waste. West, honestly, wow. let's redub it. I misspoke there, but let's re- let's rename it the West Wildcard Waste, because that's mostly what it is. Mm. Unless Arizona makes it, they might steal around. But, well, so what, what are we at here? Like, what's what's happening? Well, it's it's down to, like, well, we could, we could probably count Chicago out at this point, right? Chicago, Vancouver, they're too far back. What they're They're nine points back. Yeah, I think it's down to, it's down to Dallas. Minnesota, Colorado, and Arizona. 
I think Minnesota misses and Arizona makes it. Now, the Oilers have been hot lately. They're on a three-game winning streak right now. They've got <sighs> Connor McDavid. Sakes. Fuck the fucking Oilers. I'm so sick of this fucking team that won't go away. Can you they ever... are so fucking bad. Why are we still talking about the Oilers? I'll tell you why. Oh, Connor McDavid. Fuck me. Um, I'm even sick of hearing about him already. Well, that's well, that's aggressive. Fuck. It's just... I'm just... It's not. I'm just taking it out on Connor McDavid because like, I'm so sick of how bad this team is. And I still have to hear about Connor fucking McDavid and like Ken Hitchcock and like literally nothing else while Drysaddle. Yeah, well, but like, you, hey, you're not wrong. It's enough. You're not wrong, but it's enough. It's hard to count out a guy like him and a guy like Drysaddle. So and, until I think I think they're close. I, what do you think this week? There was the discussion Lambert got into on Twitter, and Lambert's very anti, not anti Leon Drysaddle, but he commonly makes the argument that Leon Draisaitl couldn't drive his own line and he's not like a first line center. Like I think he is. He just has no option but to play on McDavid's wing because that's the only way they can win games. Is how I see it. Like mm. do you think Leon Draisaitl not maybe not maybe like a fucking Crosby level, but like I think he's a number 1 center on a contending team. He's a number 1 center on a contending team if he's got a running mate. Yeah. I don't think he could, like, he couldn't do what Crosby does with Gensel and... Well, what if, uh, say, uh, say Leon Dreisaitl was on the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. Let's just say. Alright. Okay. And Derek Stepan's the number two center on the Coyotes. Like, is that, do you think Dreisaitl makes that team measurably better than yeah. they are right now? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got someone to play with on the wing. Okay. No, yeah. I, I was just curious if how good this second center need to be. So if we're talking Stepan, who's like a, a straight across the board, just prototypical second line center i was just curious mm. unless you were talking like a a running mate a running mate in the sense that he needed like evgeny malkin on the second line center. no it's not even about the second line it's oh you just mean winger he needs someone on no his I, wing. oh i agree with yeah. you but i think anyone does too like uh, mcdavid obviously is mcdavid yeah i mean he Mc- doesn't need leon dry no, on the wing. he can, he can but... turn patrick maroon into a 30 goal no score, and it's the same thing with so... Sidney crosby right yeah. like th- there's obviously these other worldly guys but i'm just saying like like malkin needs line mates and Malkin's one of the best 100 players to ever play yeah. the game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're very comparable. You know, so... Yeah, yeah okay. I was just curious, because, like, Lambert doesn't really feel that way. Lambert looks at him as, like, a second-line center. Yeah, it's it, he's one of those guys that may never get that opportunity. Yeah. Like, Malkin has never had the opportunity probably, to be a number one center. Probably so. won't. Like, by yeah. the time Malkin's going to get traded, he's going to be a shell of what he was. Yeah. And even if he's, like, 80% what he is, it's still not Evgeny Malkin. Right. right? Yeah. So. Westwald, you got anything oh, else to say about the waste? No, sorry, yeah. Um, the waste. <laughs> the interesting thing to me that jumps out here is that the Colorado Avalanche are the lone team with a positive goals differential. So they're putting if the puck in the net. If you were to net. ask me which of these four teams had a positive goal differential, I would not have guessed the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, and considering they don't even have 30 wins in the season yet, and they're knocking on the door... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think honestly, I hate to say it. I think Arizona's done now that they lost Stepan. You think so? I think it's. I think it's over. Like, I don't know. I don't think they can make up the ground. Um, you know, like unless all the teams above them, you know, follow suit and start losing as well. But someone's gonna win. That's the thing. At some point, someone has to win these games. And if we're counting out Chicago and Vancouver, and Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado are all losing, then then who's winning, right? So. I don't know. I, I I think it's I think it's still at this point it's going to be Dallas and uh, and Colorado, 
but Minnesota's holding strong. I don't know what it is about them, but they're just they're they're almost they're almost the pesky sins of the season this year. I find like it's, every time I turn around, the Minnesota Wild are yeah they're still hanging on. Yeah they're still hanging on, and I, I don't really get how like they traded away they sold at the deadline. They were clear sellers, and yet here they are, still holding a wild card spot. So I don't know Minnesota. The one thing I will say about the uh, the Arizona Coyotes is they do have. Not a easy schedule, but it's not necessarily a super challenging schedule from here on out. I mean, the good news is, is they play teams that they're in a wild card race with enough times where it will make a difference. So tonight they play, is it tonight? Well, sorry. By the time you hear this podcast, they will have played the Ki- the Calgary Flames. Then they got the Kings, the Blackhawks, the Blues, the Ducks, the Oilers, like it's not like they have to line up against the Jets every night or something like that. So, I, I don't know. I don't think they're done. I think they're still very much in this. Because the one thing I have to say about the Coyotes is, doesn't matter who gets hurt, they just seem to fucking keep winning games. Because, like, wrong. the injuries are not even at the worst point right now. Yeah. They were worse. Yeah, they were. Like, I feel like if they could win and stay in the race as long as they have without Dvorak, I feel like they can survive without Stepan yeah. at this yeah. point. We'll but see. we'll see. Is it Maple Leaf time? Might be. This is a funny one for me because I saw this on our on our breakdown, and I thought, well, that's that's kind of funny. Is it kind of funny? No, I thought. Sorry, I thought Freddie Anderson was before the Tavares. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Well, I, you know what? It is kind of funny though. Uh, John Tavares returns to the shithole, and uh, the Islanders get the laugh. Well, not the last laugh. The first laugh, I guess. They, they, the they, second laugh. They were allowed to laugh. They get the second laugh. Yeah. Um, the Leafs lose in miserable fashion 6-1 in Long Island. The crowd was electric for their game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs go back to Toronto on Saturday night. John Tavares gets a standing ovation from the Leafs faithful. The Leafs kick the shit out of whoever they played. Buffalo. Buffalo. And, yeah. Good times. Hey, what would you think of the game? Which one? Either. Either. Um, well, both, I guess. Well, I guess I'll start chronologically uh, with the Islanders game. Um, I'll start by saying I, I did not realize the Islanders had that many fans. Um, I thought it was very... It was interesting. Like, I'll give them that much. Like, I, I thought that for them to keep it up as long as they did and to keep it going all night and some of the antics they went through, the chants, they were kind of funny. Don't get me wrong. I would have watched that game whether or not the Leafs were involved. Like, if John Tavares signed with the Sharks, I would have been all over that oh, fucking yeah. game still. No, same, yeah. But because I was a Leaf fan, it felt like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to say this because because I am a Leaf fan and I watched the game. You and I had two very different emotions uh, during the game. In the third period, I just started laughing. Like I was watching, a, like I was watching a Steve Carell movie or something Saturday Night Live. It was the funniest fucking outcome of that game possible. Good for the Islanders, whatever. I don't really care for their fans, and I never really have. But like, it was pretty funny. Good for them. They get the last laugh, and you know, I've been on the other side of that before, where you make another team look stupid, and it's a it's a good feeling sometimes. Yeah, no, it is. And um, the the thing that kind of stood out to me was that. Um, they they have this game against the Leafs, but they lose the game before against Calgary. Uh, they lost the game to Washington. They lost the game to the Flyers, and they needed a shootout to beat the Ottawa Senators, um, who they play again, who they would have, who they, who they have played again last night. 
Uh, so it, it, for all we know, another another close one there. But this really seemed to get in the heads of some of these guys. I don't I don't know about you, but like it seemed like that Leaf game was more important to anything else on the season at this point, and they're they're in a bit of a... Oh, it was for some of their fans, man. Like, yeah. they've got the, the Islander guys that work for Barstool marketing the fucking final scoreboard of the game as a t-shirt. Yeah. Who, what, who's a fucking idiot that's gonna buy that t-shirt? Like, if, if I were a Leaf fan and they were selling that t-shirt, you're a fucking idiot if you buy that. It's one regular season game. Exactly. Grow, grow the yeah. fuck up. Like, if, if that was a game seven of a playoff series, oh, I, I'd buy that shirt any day of the week. Yeah. But what the hell does one game matter? Like, did that set the tone for a playoff series? No, the Leafs were not ready for that game. And the Islanders were. Yeah. You tell me the Leafs are not going to be ready for a seven-game series against the fucking New York Islanders in the playoffs? Grow up. Like, give me a break. Now, I, I'm, I'm just curious because the, the, the five games I just alluded to, they were all at home. So... You can't tell me there's an effect. There's no effect which, on the players which where uh, they're all at Nassau. <laughs> oh, were yeah. they? Yeah. Holy fuck! You can't tell me that, like you you play that game and like all of a sudden the entire fan base gives a shit about John Tavares coming back, and then the next game there's what well, we're back to three thousand fans in the building. You can't say the players don't notice that. Yeah. Like clearly, one guy that doesn't play for your organization anymore is more important in the minds of thousands of fans. Because you're still last in the league in attendance, despite selling out one game. Oh, I'm sorry, that one game didn't move you up any, anything. We're so in the, we're in their heads. Yeah, uh, clearly, and I, and I think the players noticed it, and the players, I don't know, maybe it's having an effect on them because they they haven't been able to, uh, aside from the Sens a shootout win, which I don't know, I'm not giving any applause for that performance, but I don't know. I think there's something wrong in Long Island, and I, I think it started with when John Devers walked in the front door. I don't know, man. I I thought like. To me, the worst take during this whole thing wasn't even the Islanders being mad about John Tavares leaving and being mad like during the return and booing him. Like To me, that wasn't the most embarrassing thing. To me, the most embarrassing thing was hockey fans, or more particularly Toronto sports writers, saying that Toronto is above giving John Tavares the standing ovation on Saturday night. That they should treat it like any other game and, and that they don't need to respond that way. To me, that's kind of... That's ridiculous to me. Because what happened in this situation, as far as I'm concerned, was the ex-girlfriend showed up to a party where the ex-boyfriend acted like a fucking asshole to this girlfriend and was an asshole to her the entire relationship and is now continuing being an asshole to her at the party. And then the new boyfriend shows up and treats her like fucking gold all night and makes her happy and takes her home and everything's good. The Islanders were such an embarrassingly jealous, brutal showing of themselves. And to me, like, the Leafs were not the embarrassment there. I thought the Islanders were... Like, I just don't think that's how you respond to that type of thing. So he left. Who gives a fuck? He was there for nine years. You want to boom? Go ahead. But, like, I I don't think we needed to be quite as aggressive about it. I didn't think we needed to make this cheesy fucking video. I didn't didn't think the asshole chant needed to happen. You want to chant? You want to chirp? I'm sure. I thought they were... A little over the top. They they took it a to little say like, it when the they least. started throwing things. That's that's, that's definitely a joke over to the me, top. But that's you're a fan. You're allowed to get emotional. You're allowed to you're allowed to be irrational as a fan. That's 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 what you should be. Yeah, it goes back to a debate we had earlier this year too. I don't agree with booing your own players. You want to boo an opposing player for any reason? 
whatever. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. He left. He left under his own merit. He was right to. There was nothing wrong with that. But, like, I don't expect Islanders fans to be happy that he left. No. So, no. yeah, I, I was expecting a hostile environment. I thought it went a little overboard. Um, and whatever. Like, we don't have to deal with this. Like, this is going to happen every time he goes back now. Like, there's no way that we, this, we see the end of this. Yeah. So Well, this happened, what, this was February 28th was the game? Yeah. And it's uh, March 6th right now, and yeah. what team does John Tavares play for? Exactly. Yeah, like, that's over and done with. Yeah. What the hell do we care anymore? What do the Islanders have now? They have a losing streak. Well, they won last night, but, mm-hmm. like, where are we a week later? Like, how did that change? How did anything change by doing that? Yeah, I don't think know. John Tavares lays at home crying every night that yeah. the Islanders didn't welcome him back very nicely. Probably not even a three-point the Islanders performance the next game, so. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, there was Sean Avery video in response to the Tavares thing. Did you like it? I thought it was pretty funny. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Pretty funny. Loved it. Fucking New York Islander fans calling John Tavares a snake, throwing snakes on the ice. Who the fuck are they kidding? That guy played 10 years in that fucking dump with those shitty fans. Didn't say a word. Was a great captain. Never got arrested. Didn't say fucking boo. You losers want to ruin his night coming back to play for you guys. What was he supposed to do? Lie during the season? Or was he supposed to give the answer that all athletes give when they know they're not coming back to a team? You fucking greasy Islander fucks. You guys get out cheered in your own barn by Ranger fans every time the Rangers play the Islanders in Long Island. Fuck you. We're going to do a, a breakdown at some point of like some of our favorite players of all time, and I have to note, like, I don't expect anyone to agree with me, but one of my favorite players of all time is Sean Avery. And uh, he's, don't get me wrong, I don't agree with everything the guy says, but holy man, did he ever nail it right on the head. If I could have made a video, I wouldn't have chosen my words any differently. I mean, I thought the he's never got arrested quote was kind of a... <laughs> that was a weird thing to say. <laughs> was someone arrested that I don't know about? Yeah, or? Just, just everything normal and like never got arrested. <laughs> Would John Tavares ever get arrested? Like, what does he do? Like, yeah. Does, did Matty Barzell get arrested one night? Seems did I like miss a, something? It seems or? like a Boy Scout to me. But yeah. anyway, I, I love the video. Staying on staying on the conversation of the Leafs. This this is the part that I thought was kind of funny. Sure. Because uh, last night, Carey Price goes out and sets the all-time, or ties the all-time record for wins by a Montreal Canadian goaltender. And on the docket today, we have, uh, where does Frederick Anderson rank on the all-time Leaf goaltender list? Well, it was something because he won a game last week, and it moved him into, like, sixth all-time in wins. Which, like, I knew it, but, like, even when I read it, I'm like, he's been here for, like, 120 games or something. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) Well, more than that, but, like, still, it's it's not a large number. How many games he played there now, do you figure? 160? uh, 170, maybe? 66 last year, he's... 62 the year before that and he's probably got what 40 this year at least yeah so 160 ish anyway yeah i mean where does he i mean to you like where 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 is he gonna end up in the leafs lore like what do you think's gonna happen where is he now because like even though he's sixth all time in wins like do you look at frederick anderson as being like one of the greatest leaf goaltenders of all time like are we there yet we're close like I, I I don't know if it's top three, but it's if it's not, it's fourth, in my opinion. He's knocking on the door of that top three. Who's your Who's your top three? Johnny Bauer, 
Trick Broda. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any disputing Johnny Bauer. Yeah, Johnny Bauer, Trick Broda, and uh, probably Curtis Joseph. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Felix Potvin is probably not, the fifth guy in that list. I'm not saying you're wrong, but, but why would you argue Joseph over Anderson? Um, there's a near, little near Vesna Trophy winning season aside for Joseph. Yeah, because Anderson is washing that out right now because he's having one of his own. No, yeah, he he definitely is having one of his own. I mean, um. It didn't go well for him, but Curtis Joseph, we have to remember, was supposed to be the starting goaltender for the 2002 Olympic Team Canada, right? Like, that thats that was the plan. It wasn't Marty Berger. It wasn't Ed Belfour. It was supposed to be Curtis Joseph. And, he, you know, he lost that job and whatever. So at, at one point, you could make the argument that Curtis Joseph was the best goaltender from the country of Canada, which is, outside of Dominic Hasek at the time, perhaps you're talking about the best goalie in the world. His knock against him is that he didn't last long in Toronto, but you look at his body of work when he was there, conference finals in 99, conference finals in 02. Uh, they made the playoffs every season he was there, and that was not a great roster when he showed up. And he took a team of... How adequate... dare you disparage Gary Volk uh, that way, sir? Yeah, How dare you? Sorry. Gary Volk. Yeah, Derek King aside, uh, <laughs> I, 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 think he's, I think he's still got third... Freddie's coming. Like Freddie's got time on his side, which is which is helps. But uh, you, you got to look at the big numbers here, and, and Freddie just—I don't think he's got enough enough games behind him, despite the performance he's had in those games, to uh, to warrant being in that top three quite yet. Uh, if he has one good playoff run, I think that's enough to put him in there. But he, like you got you got to remember, this guy hasn't got out of the first round yet as a Leaf goaltender, and I think that speaks a little bit to a legacy of a goaltender is, is how you do in the playoffs. Sure. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, for what it's worth, and I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you on it, but just like it's worth noting is like, Anderson has, I don't think, anything to do with their playoff losses. And I'm not saying you were saying that, but I think that you can, that at least deserves to be mentioned in the conversation. His his, his game seven last year was the reason they lost. I'm I'm willing to admit I'm in the minority, and that means I I could be wrong, and I'm willing to admit I might be wrong on that. I I didn't agree with anyone who said Frederick Anderson had a bad game seven. I thought he let in one bad goal, happened to be the winner. But you're probably right. He's probably fourth. Because like now that I'm looking at, I did not realize Turk Broda won 304 games. I thought the number was lower than that. Yeah, and you got to remember that guy left for the war too at one point. So <laughs> could have been a lot higher. Oh, hockey! How fun is how fun is hockey? Where it's just like ah, well, you know, he was fighting in the war. There. So yeah. yeah, he didn't play for two seasons. Yeah, came back when he was came back toward the end of his 31 year old season. And then played sixty or more games each of the next four years. I think he won a few cups in those years as well. So yeah, yeah. he played. Uh, he played in 1951 and 1952. He was 37 years old. He lost one game and then retired. Yeah. Turk Broda, Johnny Bauer, they both number wore number one for a reason because they were number one. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, no, I think I, I agree. Like I would still put Joseph above Anderson, but do you think? I mean, how many years do you think Anderson plays here? Do you think they negotiate a new deal when he's done in two years? Like, two more... He's got two more years on this deal. Yeah. Do you think they negotiate a new deal, or do you think a kid comes up by then? Do you think they try to spot start someone for a year? Like, what what do you think happens? Do you think he's going to be good enough the next two years where a dilemma's going to come in a few years and we have to pay at Frederick Anderson... Eight million dollars a year, and Kyle Dubas is no. Yeah, goaltending is such a, a fickle bitch. Um, like one of those young kids is going to have to do a lot in the next two years to to merit getting 
the starting job because yeah. young goalies like that, I mean, we as don't good s- as they are, yeah, right. Ian Scott's a, a big right. name prospect. Joe Wall's a arguably even bigger name prospect. Yeah, but. you just you you don't see Carter Hart stories very often. You don't see Jordan Binnington, uh, you know, careers uh, very often in, in this regard. So, you you know, starting goalies aren't really going to be a you know a thing until these guys are 24 maybe 25 years old so that's a while away for scott and, Do you think it's and that Wall. Far away? i think it is yeah yeah i really think it is i mean and I, I would agree in some cases i don't know if it's that far away for joseph wall i mean again i i hope i'm wrong yeah but for what it's worth this season at boston college joseph wall 31 games uh he's got a 239 and a 917 losing record but boston college has been terrible this year um and his stats have gotten better each of the years. I, I don't have Ian Scott's numbers in front of me, but I know Joseph Wall's kind of passed Ian Scott on the. On he's the, a year older, and yeah. So. Yeah, he's he's just he's just very good too. Yeah. Like you know, he seems to be maturing at a much quicker. Scott's pace so far, but Scott's in a position where he's just on the right team at the level he's at right now because the Raiders are like they're just such such a dominant team in the WHL this season. It probably wouldn't even matter who is in net. And mm-hmm. so there's there's some there's some caution to be had there. Uh, you don't want to get too hyped on a guy just because of, you know, the guys that are he's playing and playing with. But um, So what's your prediction? I don't know. I, I think they Frederick keep Anderson, I think five years or longer. I think they keep Freddie, but it's a short term deal. Like the, it's almost like a bridge deal. Yeah. Uh, maybe like so a be, two year extension. He'll be thirty one at the end of that deal. Yeah, I so think he's, he's around till he's right thirty three, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And then because with goalies, you don't want to get locked into a long-term thing. You know, like you don't want an eight-year, seven-year yeah. deal with a goaltender. Well, and I think it's worth noting here, and I don't want to pump his tires too much because he is the general manager of my favorite hockey team. I think Kyle Dubas is one of the few GMs we've ever seen that I think A, knows that goaltenders shouldn't be locked into that kind of a deal, mm-hmm. and B, has the balls to walk away from a yeah, guy like that. definitely. And, like... So far, he, he, he's he got a little bit of New England Patriots to him, man, where it's just like, I don't really think Kyle Dubas cares about what these guys did last night. I think he cares about what they're going to do tomorrow night. You know what I mean? Like, he's more worried about what's to come than mm-hmm. what's happened, yeah. what the road behind us. And, like, I mean, best case scenario, the Leafs win three Stanley Cups before then, which, hey, fuck, I'll take it. But, like, do the Leafs throw an eight-year deal at Frederick Anderson that summer because they think he's going to be that good till he's 39? I have to believe Kyle Dubas is not that stupid. No. And to me that it does sort of make me wonder. It's it's a it's a great deal, the five by five. I think it's an unbelievable signing. Yeah. But it's possible we walk away from Anderson what looks to be a little too early, and I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah, we, run, we probably got him a year or two earlier than we should have, which is you can't he was available when he was available. No, you have so you, to you take it when what you can oh, get. Fuck. Right? I, I would rather them have done that and then a year away they're like who's available now, and then they traded for Jonas fucking Corpusalo or exactly. something. And, so. and we've got Vesitoskala 2.0 in net right now or something. But Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I think he goes down as the third greatest Leaf goaltender of all time, okay. all said when and done. When it's all said and done. Unless, so unless he pulls a couple cups out of his ass the next few years, but yeah, not holding my breath. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, say he say he wins two Stanley Cups and he plays there until he's 35. I mean, like, that means he's probably going to pass Johnny Bauer on the all-time wins list, you'd have to think. Because he's yeah. at one... What's he at right now? 
He's at 103, so say he plays, let's say he plays four more years here, 32 wins a season, we'll say. Yeah. Well, maybe 30 to make the math easier. Sure. <laughs> he gets another 128 wins, like he'll pass Johnny Bauer. Yeah. And I think Bauer's ahead of Broda on the list, so. On the of greatest Leaf goalies of all time? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have that conversation another time. We've sure. got uh, Boston Bruin matters to talk about, and then we're going to circle back around to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm sure everyone who, basically if you don't like the uh, the Atlantic Division, don't listen to this podcast. It's probably uh, a little late to tell you that. Uh, we're an hour and four minutes in here, so. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, David Backus said this week he's going to try and uh, play more of an enforcer role. Do enforcers still exist in the, in the league? That's like a guy today Mike, saying that Michael he, Haley's on a roster. It's like a guy today saying, you know what, I'm, I think, you know what, I can't play my position anymore and I can't do my job. I'm going to be a rover and that's going to be my job. Even though that job doesn't exist anymore, like enforcers aren't a thing anymore. No one listening. How do you, how, how, how do you think? No one listening to this knows what a rover is. <laughs> Join me on the bonus episode when I break down the 1912 season. It all started in 1857. It when called I... them rovers because they used to roam around the ice. I remember when I was at a Toronto St. Pat's game in 1930. I understand David Backus taking the stance that he needs to do something to try and stay relevant in the league right sure. now. Sure. This might help him get out of the league quicker. Yeah. I, I Look, what... Did, did Bruce Cassidy okay this? I don't know. Like, even if even if you needed an enforcer, a 34-year-old making $6 million for the next two seasons? With a history of concussion issues. With a history of... Con- a serious history yeah. of concussion issues. This... Like, I, I, I want to make light of this. Sure. But when I read this, I, this actually severely concerned me as someone who likes David Backus. You like David Backus? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, yeah, yeah. I just... Okay. Well, I mean, not as much as I used to. Sure. When he was I mean, he's in his got 20s some nice for the dogs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice dude, yeah. for sure, but... Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm i not saying, like, the Leafs are a physical team, and, like, this is who they're going to play in the playoffs. I think we can safely safely assume that. But I was watching Kasperi Kapanen get into a fight the other night, and he's not a fighter. And he's young, and he's got that, like, pure, you know, kind of finished rage inside of him. And it just seems to me like David Backus is going to try to pick a fight with somebody. Finish rage. And he's just going to get, like, clocked by some young kid who just, he's got no, like, awareness of his own self-health. Like, Kasperi Kaplan's never got a concussion in a fight, yeah. so he's not going to know what not to do. And he might just catch Backus the wrong way, absentmindedly. And now Bacchus's career is over because he thinks that's what he needs to do to remain in the league. I'm not totally against the notion that, like, if you've got a line of guys which, like, the Leafs might start tonight and by the time you hear this podcast you'll know if they did or not. Like, the Leafs are looking at playing a line of guys tonight that are all five foot nine. And I'm not super against the notion that, like, bigger players are better against smaller players and if you're the smaller team you maybe don't stand as good of a chance. Like, I'm not completely against that idea, but there is something to be said for guys that are five foot nine because they've never been a bigger size than they are now. It's not like they used to be six foot two and now they have to learn how to be five foot nine. They've always been five foot nine. 
they've always played against guys that are bigger than them. They've always been small. Like they like unless Nick Patan was five foot nine when he was nine years old and then just <laughs> stopped growing. Like these guys know how to play against bigger players, man. And so unless David Backus can teach himself how to play against much, much faster players, the size isn't really going to matter unless he takes a fucking run at someone. But then he's going to get killed at center ice at Boston Garden in one of the most brutal fights ever because the Leafs will fucking send Ron Hainsey or Jake Muzzin or someone who can at least hold their own against a guy that's an average at best fighter. Like, he's not even a great fighter. With concussion problems. Like, it's what I mean. Yeah. Like, Jake Muzzin's gonna fucking kill him. Sure. This is not a good idea. Sure. This is a terrible idea. Like, I... I hope for his sake it works, honestly, but like... We saw it last year, and and I'll I'll admit, I wasn't happy with it, and it didn't work out in the end, but it's pretty clear that Nazem Kadri is willing to literally throw himself out of a series to stand up for his teammates, so... I forgot about Nazem Kadri. This season, you look at that. You look at that. If if that happened this season uh, with this roster, and Nazem Kadri isn't your number two centerman, he's your number three guy, and he wants to go out there and get himself tossed from the series and do something stupid. They're probably still okay. Forgot we didn't have John Tavares last year. Yeah, well, welcome. I mean, like, and 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 to go off that point, even too, like, even though I was just kidding right there, like, here's the difference, man. Is like. Because this is this is all just like the Bruins planning for the Leafs and the Leafs planning for the Bruins. We're going to get to one more thing before we end the episode where, again, the Leafs planning for the Bruins, Bruins planning for the Leafs. Like, the Leafs are a much better hockey team this year than they were last year. Like, oh yeah, I don't think people out there actually really realize how much better they are this year. Players they had last year are playing better than they were last year. And then all the players they've brought in since last year are better than almost everyone they had last year entirely. Like, I wouldn't say Ennis is better than James Van Riemsdyk. It's one of the few cases, though. Like, Van Riemsdyk isn't much better than a lot of the guys on these Leafs. Sorry. I know it's recency bias. I know he's gone, but like, eh, he was good. He deserved more minutes. He wasn't great. Yeah. He's a third-line winger that's going to score a lot more fucking goals than... He probably should on a third line, but he can't sure. play higher than that in the lineup. Yeah, no, I, I would. You, you're essentially. I, I see it as they replace Van Riemsdyk with Janssen. That's sure. how I look at it. I'd rather have Janssen. He's e- much. Exactly. He's a much better player, at least. Van compar- Riemsdyk had one job, and he did it did it well. Yeah, and now they have Tavares to do. But that's that the problem. Van Riemsdyk had one job. Exactly. Janssen has many. Yeah. Like these guys can do a lot of different things. It's just to exactly. me, like I, I don't really think. I'm not saying Boston's on a good team this year because they're having no, they a good are. season. Oh, they are. It's just they're not much different than they were last year. Except I thought, for the fact that their young guys just got a little bit older. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's really it. I old. thought the Bruins were head and shoulders above the Leafs last year, and I thought the Leafs had enough talent to maybe sneak away a series win. I think by the time we get to April 10th, the Leafs are going to be ahead of Boston and will be the favorites to win the series. Yeah. And if Boston wins the series, I'm not saying it's the Leafs choked. But I think the Leafs have the tools this year. They should be able to beat Boston. Yeah. It's going to be tough because they're, I think... They're good teams, both of them. I think, I think everyone's thinking this year that, like, if another first-round exit and it's panic mode. Well, like, <laughs> you're playing a top-five team in the NHL in the first round. I get, like, you can only play the hand you're dealt. But at what point do you say to yourselves, like, okay, like, yeah, we had to play Boston. That's how the rules work. But any other team maybe aside from the lightning and you're you're in the second round. Mm-hmm. 
Boston's a good team, yep. and you got to beat the best teams to win, and I get that, but I don't think anyone should be panicking if they lose to Boston the first round again. Like, it's just that's a team that you should be playing in the third round, and you're playing them in the first, so w- whatever. Brad Marchand tweeted out that he can't wait to see Mitch Marner's new deal. Uh, he's an incredible player, something like that. Uh, it better be $12 million AAV. Uh, thoughts? It won't be. Can't no, be. Thoughts about the comment? Oh, the comment. No, but it's, I don't know. It's it's Brad Marchand. I, I try not to give him too much uh, attention when he's when he's opening his mouth. Sure. And, uh, congratulations on on thinking that he thought that would be uh, effective against Leaf fans or, or something. I, I'm, I'm not sure what his goal was, but Kyle Dubis uh, responded by saying that uh, Brad Marchand did a great job trolling the Leafs, and that uh, any time that Brad Marchand is thinking about the Leafs, uh, that's a good thing. Sure. Thoughts? Uh, I, I I was amused by the response. I did like Kyle Dubas didn't have to address that at all, uh, but he came up with something snappy and witty. And yeah, sure. Uh, again, like I I don't know. Like I think this is Brad Marchand just thinking that he's worth listening to, and I I don't know how many people are listening aside from the media. So <laughs> I don't know. Congratulations, yeah. I guess. Like he's like I'm sorry. Like I love Mitch Marner. He's not making twelve million dollars. So the idea to suggest that a winger of any caliber is worth the same amount as Connor McDavid. It's just not realistic. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's worth a lot. It's probably a double digit figure, but it's, it's not 12 million. I thought it was very nice of Brad Marchand to invite Kyle Dubas in on his reindeer games. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the main episode for the week. Uh, we've got a top 10 though. And then top 10, top 10, top 10. Um, we, we decided to do one. This was by request months ago, and we, we never really did it, although there's a few different ways to do it, uh, and we're going to do kind of different versions of this particular top ten, but the, the top ten is the top ten players, and we're going to compare our lists of uh, players that we hate for, I mean, you can have a reason, but some of these might be for no reason. Just top ten active players that we just don't like, or, how, or how, hate, how hate we, or don't like, we can specify. How many do you think are, are we have similar on, on our same list, do you think? Um, one for sure. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess three. I, th- I think we have three yeah. guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, this was by request. Later we will do probably our top ten of all time that we don't like, because I think that there's a lot more to be said about those than maybe guys oh, yeah. right now. There's recency bias with a lot of these guys that we're currently at too, right? Like, True. you know, when you think of top 10 all time, uh, there has to be reasons for those 10. And then we might also do, uh, in the off season, there was some discussion, maybe doing a top 10 athletes, uh, athletes we hate for no reason, not just hockey players. Ah. So, or for a reason. Or whatever. Uh, so we might, uh, we might get to that, but yeah, it's the, uh, it's the podcast of hate. Nice. Right. Jimmy, uh, number uh, ten. Number ten, uh, Zdeno Chara. <laughs> what's the, okay? What's what's the over under Bruins on this list? Total uh, combined, yeah. Oh, dog. Four and a half. Over. You taking the over? I'm taking the over. Okay, so like, is it does that count duplicates or like individual players? We'll count duplicates. Fuck it. All right, then. Yeah, probably over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You hate is it, is it, uh, Chara. You hate yeah. the big man. Yeah. Why is that? Eh, I've just been watching him ragdoll my favorite team for <laughs> his entire career. You you hate him for a reason. Now, would you say you hate or is it dislike? Like, do you like genuinely want him out of the league and like you you? I might throw a party when he retires. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So you must hate these other nine he's, guys a lot. He's I would think. he's where he is because he's forty one years old. 
and there's oh, not a lot of time left was to worse. hate him. Yeah. yeah, I like it's it's worth noting honorable mentions on mine. Like, man, did I ever hate Sidney Crosby in his twenties? But like, sure. I've really yeah. come around on the guy in the last few years. That's he doesn't fair. complain as much anymore, if yeah. at all. So, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I'll be happy when I I don't have to watch him and his eight foot stick uh, poke the puck away from. I know, and an ounce with a big stick. Yeah, but up up. My number ten. Probably the worst player. No, he's not the worst player on this list, but he's a terrible player. Uh, but I hate him. Chris Wagner. Can't stand him. Dirty. Cheap shot. Shouldn't be in the league. Reminds me of Matt Cook. Can't stand him. I'm going to ask a question, and I, I'm going to instantly regret it. He's on the Bruins. He's on the, okay. Was that the question? Didn't know where he played. <laughs> Couldn't name the team if you well, asked me. Let, let me look it up because, like, fuck. I, and I, I mean, like, I'm kind of doing this to show how much I hate Chris Wagner, but I'm also doing this out of genuine concern. He may have been put on waivers and might play for another team now. I don't even know. I can't stand him. He is still with the Boston Bruins. Mm. Fuck, he's 28. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. What a fucking mature person. Uh, Number nine. Uh, For me, uh, Evgeny Malkin. Nice. I have slowly begun to dislike this he's, guy more and more as his career goes on descending into the list yeah. of hate yeah i don't know he's just he's when he was young and arrogant i get that but now he's just old and still arrogant and he's getting like it seems like he's getting dirtier as his career goes on he's hitting guys from behind he's swinging sticks at people's heads he's just i don't know that's a young that's a young man's foolish mindset and he's just he doesn't yeah he's not learning i guess i don't know he's just yeah he's like 32 and he still acts like a child exactly out there. yeah yeah know. Grow up. Yeah. Kenny Malkin. Okay. Uh, my number nine, Antti Niemi. Really? Haven't liked him since his first game. Don't like him now. I, I have to ask. He definitely... When he was in San Jose, I kind of didn't hate him because he was playing well. But, like, I have no earthly idea how this guy still has a National Hockey League job. I was just going to say, does he? Is he still Yeah, he's on roster? Montreal. He's their backup goaltender. Really? Yeah. They got sent down. Montreal can do better than that. Oh, I think. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, have you ever noticed this? Like, Montreal has had a real big problem in the Carey Price era of finding a backup. Like, they're finding goalies that get that get the job done, but it's like every year they'll like come out of the year and they're like six, eleven, and three or something. And like, yeah, Al Montoya was never good in Montreal. Like, they didn't draft moments, anybody after Price for a while until Fukali, and then Fukali never worked out. And I don't know. Like when Price is making ten and a half million dollars, you kind of have to sign someone to league minimum to. Like they had Tokarski, but I think they got rid of him while they still had Halak. Like yeah. I think that's how long ago that was. Probably. So since Halak left, like they haven't really had a hmm. solid backup. They tried Dubnik. Like Dubnik didn't even work out. I don't think Dubnik played a game in Montreal. I think that's, he was just in the minors. He was there though. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Weird. like Antony Emi. I think he's. Fair. I think he's terrible. I just didn't realize he was still in the league. No, nope. so. I thought he was bad when he got in the league, and I think he's bad now. Nice. Yep. Uh, Evander Kane. Number. Oh, number, number eight. eight. Yeah. Number nice. Evander Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of an asshole. Again, he's he's kind of like Malkin in the sense that he's he was an idiot when he when he's young. He's still young, and he was you know doing the old Vegas phone money thing, and uh, his departure with the Jets. I thought that was that was really unprofessional, and. Uh, a little unprofessional. Yeah, I don't know. I just never, you know, like a lot of guys, like I don't like when they come into the league when they're young and I grow on them. Uh, it's just he hasn't given me anything to grow on. So, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck that guy. Yeah, I agree with you. I I often don't like young players. Yeah, they just seem too cocky to me, which is like part of the shtick, right? That's part of the bit. But right. like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my number eight is Brendan Gallagher. Nice, nice. I don't. You know what? And I shouldn't even say I don't like his play too much. 
Because, like, I like the style. I love the agitator role. Love those guys that are super annoying and pesky to play against. I hate the smug look on his fucking face all the time. Nice. I can't stand it. I'd love to wipe it off his face for him. You're saying a lot of the smart things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to punch him in the face. Nice. God damn it, I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. Is there anything I can do to work on that? No, so you not wouldn't... really. It's your face. And I, again, you know, you're doing great, man. This is the Kettling Wine. Yeah. We're all having a great time. Everybody's having fun. You pulled it off, all right? But if you don't change your face, I'm going to change it for you. Okay. Okay. All I can do is take that in and consider it, and I'll just try to do my best version of whatever I think that would be. I, I don't even hear what you're saying right now because your face okay. is driving me okay. nuts. Thanks again, though. I'm not a violent person, but I, I would like to punch him in the face. I'll arrange something. Sure. Nice. Yeah. It was the same way, remember when, uh, when I mean, you're not, you wouldn't agree with this opinion, but you remember me saying this, it was like when Rugnet Odor punched uh, Jose Bautista in the face, and I was like, fuck, he is living in fantasy land, man. Like, that is fantasy camp at its best. I'd yeah. pay money to punch Joey Bats. Well, I would have. I'd pay money to hit Brennan Gallagher, too. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, first, my first goalie, number seven. You're number seven. Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> no! Oh, no! <laughs> no, I forgot about Jonathan Bernier! Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to have 11. <laughs> I had to watch that it's man too late. take away a job oh from the friendliest God. guy in the National Hockey League and then piss it all away. So I can't wait for you to find out where Bernier slots in for me. I hate Ber- Bernier, so... Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, I have to, two, I have to do two, because you just did your seventh. Yeah. So I have to do what is now my eighth, because everyone moves back, because Bernier goes above sure. certain guys. Sure. So my, my number eight now, uh, Gallagher's nine. My eight is Andrew Shaw. Uh, basically everything about Gallagher, but the opposite way. He seems fine off the ice, but on the ice I just don't... He's just kind of dirty. And not very sure, good. Sure. And like again, agitator role like it, but I just I don't think he's very good at playing hockey. That's fair. And I think he's one of the worst contracts in the league for what it's worth. But um and now my number seven becomes Zach Ronaldo. Scum of the earth. Still playing, eh? He's in Nashville's organization. Hmm. But until he retires, he remains on this list. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Until I know for sure he's filled out those pension papers. I can't stand him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be quick because my number six is Brennan Gallagher. And, nice. uh, yeah, that guy just uh, he just eats at me, you know? Yeah. Probably shouldn't, but he does. Okay. Um, my number six, uh, the third Montreal, ca- fourth Montreal Canadian on the list. Wow, that happened quickly. Uh, my fourth Montreal Canadian on the list. And the final appearance from the Montreal Canadians, I might add. Max Domi. Hmm. Um, more an off-the-ice thing. I don't really agree with many of his political beliefs and attitudes towards certain types of people and i uh i'm sure that there are other people that i that are terrible people off the ice that i don't know about but max domi's one of the only ones i can confirm so i don't care for him i also don't really uh, like him on the ice i don't, but I don't really know what that what you're, what you're talking about uh he big trump guy oh is he real real big trump guy huh. yep weird yep okay. loves loves that wall would build it himself if he could. Huh. It's probably why he felt good in Arizona. because there's lots of prisons. So there's lots of like brick walls. Kind of gave him like the feeling like it was Trump's wall. Oh, he's near the border too, you know. He's, True. Yeah. South of the border. Down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love. When 
Clancy. Antoine Roussel. <laughs> not bad. Don't yeah. don't agree, don't agree, but no, yeah, that's fair. Not a fan. Yeah. More so when he was with Dallas. Cause he doesn't I do much. Don't notice him anymore. Yeah, his career at this point is... Yeah, but when he was with Dallas, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Go back to France. You don't play hockey in France. That's true. He's you from and Cristobal, you know, you go bake some croissants and... Do you not like Cristobal Huey? He's fine. Oh, okay. You're just telling him to go to France. Yeah. Cause... Go back to your French. Do you like Paul McLean? He's from France. Oh, big Paul McLean. Yeah. yeah. You know, shake, shake, shake it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. It's funny how, like... Things can happen two years ago, and, like, you don't even remember in the hockey world. Like, no. I can remember exactly things that happened in my life two years ago. You tell me hockey things from two years ago, don't remember it. I was listening to uh, Puck Soup's bonus episode, and, like, uh, Wyshynski was talking something about Jerome McGinley, and he mentioned, like, him having played in L.A., or I think Sean maybe said it, and the other two were like, Oh, yeah, he played for the Kings! And it was literally, like, less than two calendar years yeah. ago. Yeah. But, yeah. There you go. Antoine. Okay. My number five is Matt Duchesne. Huh. Okay. I think he's overrated. All right. I don't... I have reservations about his character off the ice, but, like, I don't know him personally, so I don't want to say things. But he's always struck me as someone who's not all that committed. And I think there is... At this point, something to be said about the fact that, like, if you combine all of his team's records all time, it's not very impressive. And including that, like, Columbus is kind of falling off a cliff now. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I look, like, I want to root for him, but I just don't. He's just, he's one of those ones I don't really have a reason. I actually just don't like him. Hmm. I'm okay. sick of watching bad teams you don't need that one. include that's, that's Matt That's what this Duchesne. list is all about. Yeah. You don't need a reason. Yeah. Yeah, he's ruining. He's ruining good. Make 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 Matt Duchesne teams great again. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Midma MDMA. Jesus. All right. So fun fact. I got four guys left on my list. They come from two teams. So this is a little specific. You might say. Okay. Yeah, I'm spreading out the wealth. But okay. Number four, Ryan Kessler. Nice. Yeah. Never. R.I.P. Never loved that guy. Yeah. I, I was even like a, a Vancouver guy when he was in Vancouver. Didn't like him there either. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just, That's fair. Just an just an. No, ass. I can understand that because going back to my points about agitators, like, I would probably hate Kessler too, but I I just, I like him. There was nothing more painful my for style me than, player than picking that guy in fantasy hockey. Yeah, and maybe, you, maybe I should back that up a little bit too. Uh, James took Ryan Kessler in fantasy hockey last year when Ryan Kessler was on the LTIR because of hip surgery and doctors were saying we don't know if he'll ever play hockey again he was the fifth round pick on that guy and it was just like the best was like fuck I hate him but I gotta pick him at this round I'm getting a steal Ryan Kessler and we all just looked at each other and we're like James Ryan Kessler might never play hockey again <laughs> good good for Ryan Kessler fighting his way back to being good enough to play in the league, but like if he weren't making the money he's making, I don't know how close he'd be to the National Hockey League anymore. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The good news is you might not have to put up with Ryan Kessler much longer. True. So. Okay. Uh my number 4 is Evander Kane. Nice. Same as he's. No, I don't like him. I don't okay. like anything about him. Again, he's uh I wouldn't say I actively root against him, but like He's never done anything to make me like him. 
Nothing. Okay. I, I I don't even think he's as good as people think he is. Sure. But whatever. Sure. Whatever. Okay. So, I'm kind of disappointed because I was starting to come around on the uh, on the uh, sharks, and then they went out and got Evander Kane, and it was like it's one step forward, two steps back with them. I want to like them, but like I'm starting to come around on Pravelski now, and then they're gonna loot. They're gonna let him walk. And there's hungry sharks in the kitchen. <laughs> I gotta get that sound bite. Yeah. I gotta use really, that yeah. next week, yeah. Uh, number three, Tuka Rask. <laughs> okay. The stick swinging, glove oh, throwing, okay. temperamental oh, fair, freak of Finland. I don't know. Just settle down a little bit. You're going to get scored against. I thought Tim Thomas was bad. Who, baby, is this guy got a temper on him? Tuka. Chill out, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just take it easy. It's fine. Get okay. it. You got a fast nut. You got a cup. Let it go. Might still get another one, he too, might, right? Like, yeah, young sh- enough, team's sure. still good enough. Yeah. Could get traded. Yeah, that heart rate's he's, getting he's up gotta, there. He's got to just take it easy. He is one, like, I feel like by now he should be kind of declining, and he's not, really. Yeah. He's right had right. a couple he's, struggles here and there. but fine. Every well, has been helping out. He doesn't have the workload he usually gets, so mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, my number three. My I'm at three. I hope so, because I'm at three. Uh, Brad Marchand. Okay. For obvious reasons. Also, my number two. So we he, can get he, this out he, of the way right now. He, yeah. Oh, I, oh, fuck! You didn't even say him yet. Yeah. We were just talking about him 15 minutes ago. Yeah. I thought you had already mentioned nope. Marchand. No, like my my thing with Marshawn is like again, like I say, I like the style of player, and honestly, I probably would love him. It's just all the extracurricular stuff. Yep, I don't I don't agree with like even dirt. Like this is gonna sound hilarious to say, even dirty hits, I can almost like look the other way the odd time when it's like you know what I mean, borderline and stuff like that. I don't like the licking. I think that's disgusting. I think that's a occupational hazard, and, and he should be ashamed of himself for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't love the uh, spearing guys in the balls. Yeah, that's... Uh, I've got a pretty yeah. pretty big issue with that. You know, the chirping's fine. Like, he sure. never he never really... He's never really said anything. Like, the Marner thing made me angry, but only because he, he was smart to say what he said kind of thing. You know what I mean? He may have actually done something by saying that. Who knows? Probably mm. not. No. But, like, off the ice, I'm sure he's fine. Like, I haven't heard anything about him, like, being a super terrible person like away from hockey but i just i don't really like him i can't condone the stupid shit that he does that is harming to people in a way that hockey doesn't need to be people don't need to go to the uh the health unit after a hockey game because they have to see if they have hiv because a guy just licked them yeah yeah uh they don't need to go to the hospital because their testicle is three times as big as it was because someone cowbelled them in the middle of a hockey game Mm mm-hmm not a big fan of that. Anyone no. who's ever like speared a guy in the balls, it's like top three like shitty hockey thing to do yeah. to me. Yeah. So yeah. get out of here. Yep. You're a rat. So, so your number two is Brad Marchand. Yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to say about Mr. Marchie? No, I think you covered it. The the balls, the licking, the licking <laughs> of the balls. Uh, you know, whatever. Does he lick balls? It'd be better if he did instead of smacking. I'd him, rather but... him do that than yeah. the other thing he does with those bodily appendages. Sure. Um, my number two is Tom Wilson. Saw that coming. For every reason uh, about Brad Marchand, except I, I have no reason to believe that he's a nice person away from the game, and I have no reason to believe that he's a good hockey player either. So, 
You don't think Tom Wilson's a nice guy away from the ring? I've heard some things. You, you didn't see that thing with the fans and the audience? Yeah, he also seems like he's also kind of nice, but... Okay. I don't know. Okay. There's some things. He seems charming. Yeah, not when he behaves like that, though. On the ice, no. No, I, I can't separate the person At least from he's the not player on that one. Yeah, but he's he's trying to kill people. I'd almost rather... I don't think Marshawn's tried to kill anyone I'd almost yet. rather him take a run at me than get licked by Marshawn. Uh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a debate for a different podcast. Probably. Uh, what's your number one? Uh, number one, Corey Perry. Oh, nice! Yeah. I didn't even see that coming. Yeah. Can't stand that guy. Never, never in my life have I enjoyed the way Corey Perry plays the game. I get that some people do. But I think a lot Can't of goaltenders have uh, some serious concussion issues as a result of Corey Perry putting his knee in their helmet on purpose. So, yeah, fuck that guy. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? This is your chance to just let it all loose here. No, I, I honestly, I was really hoping he was never going to come back and play hockey ever again. But, no, he's, he's back now, so mm-hmm. it's, it's great. Well, uh, you know, oftentimes players fade away from their prominence and, and lose their good hockey-playing abilities and uh, and then they come back and you're like uh, oh good they're back but like uh, one player who uh, lost his good hockey playing abilities and has never come back is number one Jonathan Bernier for me because fuck I fucking hate Jonathan Bernier so fucking much oh that's it I paid a hundred <laughs> I paid a hundred and seventy dollars for gold level tickets at the Air Canada Center and that <laughs> son of a bitch couldn't read a flutter puck from center ice off the stick of Jason Chimera. Jason Chimera. Wow. He faced 16 shots that night. Wow. Let four goals. Saturday night. Hockey Night Canada. Ovechkin in town. The Leafs got 40 shots. They lost the game. Duh. <laughs> I love it. Fucking uh, useless. That's fantastic. The worst thing never happened to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh so I was, uh, including the passing of their owner. I was correct in my prediction. We had four guys on our list that were the same. Ooh, yeah. So who do we 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 Marchand, we we Caned, we uh, we Gallaghered, and we who Bernier. Oh yeah, we Bernier. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have Bernier if you didn't Bernier. There we so go. I'd love to. I'd love to Bernier. How, you know I mean. how many Bruins did we come up with? I had, I had three. Um, I had one, two. I guess. Okay. I always think of Ronaldo as a Bruin. Oh. So I, I thought I had three, but I only had two. So we just beat our over at five. Just barely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I'm sure Bernie will be there next year. Okay. Uh, so a big fuck you to all those guys. and. Uh... Yep. We hate you. Uh, you're better You're better than us at hockey, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's it for Laced Up this week, guys. So thanks a lot. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Clomper, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. We should just start getting random accounts too, like at like, like Amazon. Follow follow us on Pinterest. Portugal Radio. <laughs> do you speak Portuguese? Can we do a add us on on Airbnb? Por os tiros tornos, adalasibodos, conoceleo tu tronco me pelis. Donde está la biblioteca? Okay. I think that's. I think Our that's apologies it. to anyone listening in Portuguese if we said anything offensive. Yeah, for well, for sure. Yeah, we didn't we didn't know any better, and we apologize. Um, one thing I should say, if anyone is is still listening and you didn't already turn us off, um, next week we will be out probably decently early. Uh, we will be recording before Wednesday night, more than likely next week, because uh, your boy is headed to the uh, 
the city of uh, winter. The, the the meeting ground of Canada. Winnipeg is actually Finnish for the winter land. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'll be in Winnipeg. So we're we're gonna record a little bit earlier next week. Oh, you uh, get to go I, see Brad Marchand and our buddies. I do. Yeah, nice. I do. Congrats. I've never seen the Bruins live, so it's gonna be. I'm going to be cheering. I've never seen a team I have hated more at one given time as I do the Boston Bruins right now. Um, so I will be cheering actively against them. I saw Leafs and Penguins one time back when I hated the Penguins. Fair enough. So hopefully uh, Brad Marchand's not playing. But if he is, it'll be a lot more fun. Beauty. Okay. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Donde esta la biblioteca? Me llamo T-Bone, la araña discoteca. Discoteca, muñeca, la biblioteca. Es el bigote grande, pero manteca. Manteca, bigote, gigante, pequeño. Cabeza es nieve, cerveza es bueno. Buenos días, me gustas papas frías. Bigote de la cabra, es camarón días. Yeah, boy, boy. Yeah. What? It's 2009. Word.